Hello and Merry Christmas. This is Stonebridge's Christmas Eve online service. And let us rejoice. Rejoice at all that God has done in Jesus. Rejoice for that day when God broke into this world in the person of Jesus and became one of us. Let us rejoice for tomorrow Jesus is born. We are glad that you are connected with us through our online service. Whether it's through YouTube or the podcast, we are grateful that you are here worshiping with us. And we encourage you to have a blessed Christmas. And we hope that this service helps to bless you in that endeavor. There will be the word of God preached. There will be some music for you to guide you in worship. May the Holy Spirit meet you where you are. And may you celebrate all that God has done. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us worship God now. Singing
This Christmas Eve, I'll be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means... God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, and I invite you to pray with me. Please join me in prayer. Lord, this evening, we celebrate you breaking into this world. We celebrate you becoming human. We celebrate you becoming one of us, being with us. We celebrate you going to the cross. We celebrate you being resurrected. And we celebrate the life that you lived up to that point as well. Speak to us now as we reflect on this moment when you broke into the world. And help us to hear what you would have us hear, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. God with us. That's what the angel tells Joseph his son will be. God with us. Now when the angel is saying God with us, it's not just talking about physical space, that God is going to be physically present with humanity. It's more like God has become one of us. God with us. If I'm Joseph in that moment, I would be utterly perplexed as to what this means. Because I'm utterly perplexed right now as to what this means. This idea of God being with us. I do feel for Joseph a little bit. As many of you know, my wife and I are expecting our next child, a son. He'll be born in March. And when our first son was born, we didn't really go through Christmas, but we've been going through this pregnancy. And as I read Joseph's story, I'm thinking more about all the other anxieties that come along with pregnancy and all the other anxieties that he's dealing with, the potential shame that could happen here. And in the middle of all of that, this angel just comes to Joseph and says, by the way, your son is going to be God with us. What does that actually mean? I don't think there's a simple answer to the question, what does the whole incarnation mean? Theologians, philosophers, writers, pastors, Scientists, all sorts of different Christians throughout 2,000 years of history have pondered on what it meant that God became one of us. This idea of the incarnation, which is a 
Latin term, an English term from Latin, that means becoming in flesh. This idea that God took on flesh, that God became human, that God became embodied in Jesus. It's a mystery that we can't really nail down. But it's one that means so much for our lives. It's a truth that can break into our lives and change everything for us. And right now, when I look around at the world, I feel as though the incarnation, the realization that Jesus was truly God, it's one that we desperately need to reflect on so that we learn how to actually live as human beings in the way God wanted. There is a story. It's a story that rabbis have told. And it's one that is a little absurd, so bear with me here. But it's a story that I think captures one of the main ways in which the incarnation can shape and change our lives. In this story, there's a prince. And this prince is getting close to the time when he's going to take over the kingdom. The king and the queen are reigning over the land. And the prince is getting ready to ascend to the throne eventually. He's been prepared. He's being groomed. But then all of a sudden, the prince starts believing he's a chicken, like a clucking chicken, a farm animal chicken. He starts believing he's a chicken, so he starts acting like a chicken. He takes off all of his clothes. He gets down on the ground. He starts clucking around, starts eating chicken feed, and his parents have no idea what to do. I must say, I hope to never be in those parents' shoes. I hope any of us who are parents hope to never be in those shoes. But the prince, he thinks he's a chicken. And it's a crisis. The succession is supposed to take place eventually, but he's not in his right mind. What do the parents do? So they go out and they find all sorts of different teachers. They bring in different teachers who will teach him how to be a human again. These teachers, they yell at him, they disparage him, some of them encourage him, some of them do positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, but nothing works. The prince still acts like a chicken. Until eventually, his parents bring in a rabbi. And the rabbi watches the prince for a while. He sees him clucking around on the ground, eating chicken feed. And after Watching him for some time, the rabbi takes off his clothes and begins acting like a chicken himself. He begins clucking around. He begins eating chicken feed. He begins being present there with the prince in that state. And he does this for days. And then eventually the rabbi says to the prince, You know what? This chicken feed isn't really filling me up. I think I want to eat some human food. Would you want to do that with me? And the prince and the rabbi, they go and they start eating some human food. And then the rabbi says to the prince, you know, my back is really starting to hurt. I think I might stand up. Would you, would you want to stand up with me? Does, your back must hurt too. And the prince stands up. And then the rabbi says, you know what? I am way too cold not wearing clothes. 
I think I'm going to wear clothes again. Do you want to wear some clothes with me? And the prince starts to wear clothes again. And slowly, piece by piece, the rabbi pulls the prince out of that state of thinking he's a chicken till the prince is back in his right mind. The New Testament scholar, Susan Eastman, she says that this story encapsulates what God was doing in the incarnation, at least an important piece of what God was doing in the incarnation. I don't know about you, but I know when I look back on my own decisions and my own life, there are many decisions that I've made that make about as much sense as thinking that I'm a chicken and behaving like a chicken. And I think we've all been there. We don't know how to live life well. We don't know on our own power how to actually be human beings. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to treat other people. And you can look around at our world today and sadly see that in such a prominent way. Our country is so divided. Our cities, our towns are so divided. The political fervor has just taken over. And we have forgotten how to live in the way God encourages us, invites us to live. That's where we have to recognize it. In the incarnation, when Jesus was there, giving his teachings, giving all of his instructions. He was never just a teacher. He was God in human form, showing us how to live life. And like that rabbi, Jesus came down to where we were, came down to the state in which we were in, even though it made no sense, even though we have no idea what we are doing and how to actually live life. Jesus became one of us. God became one of us in Jesus so that we might learn how to truly be human. So we might learn to be the people God has called us to be, to live the abundant, fulfilled life that God calls us to. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is so present with his disciples. This Gospel, more than any of the others, focuses on Jesus' teachings, on Jesus instructing them how to live life. In the same way that rabbi, was slowly pointing out different ways in which the prince could regain his sanity. Jesus, through his teaching, pulls us out of the sadness, the despair, the anger, the grief that we can be so attached to. And through the way in which he lived his life and the teachings he gives us, he shows us a better way. Jesus pulls us out of the state that we are used to and teaches us how to be human. Now that doesn't perfectly encapsulate the idea of God with us. It doesn't capture everything that the incarnation has to teach us. I've come to see the incarnation as more of a kaleidoscope than a magnifying glass. You can look through it in different ways and get different perspectives and different angles, but it's never going to solve everything because our human minds just can't understand in its totality what God with us actually means. But in that one way, in that way in which Jesus taught us how to live life, that was God pointing us to a better way, a 
a way of life that involves loving our neighbors, but loving our enemies as well. That involves praying for those who persecute us. A way of life that involves sacrificing ourselves for others. Caring for others first. A way of life that involves taking God's love for this world seriously. Through Jesus, God pulls us into that way of being human. It is a better way of living. It's a way that trains us for what God will do when this world is restored, when resurrection takes place. It's a way of life that gets us ready so that we can see all that God is doing. The incarnation makes that possible. God with us. May we accept that invitation. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Savior is born. Friends, as you celebrate, may you go accepting that invitation that Jesus gives us to live the life that he offers us in the gospel. May you go letting Jesus teach you, letting Jesus change you, form you, so that you can live the life that he offers us. May you go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the love of the Father, and above all else, friends, Merry Christmas. God bless you, and amen.